How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? It is Pack Center. It is your host, Austin Paschke. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Seth. And today we have a couple variety of sports that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be starting talking about boxing. JJ Murano, who was on the show previously, had his pro debut. We're going to transfer into some baseball news about draft picks and where they will be going, where they'll be ending up. And then we'll be talking about some basketball news. Um, we unfortunately had one of our top prospects leave UNR um, in the past week or so. Our conference schedule has also come out along with some recruits that have been taking some looks at UNR. So this is a big week, not some big news, but we have uh, some important topics to cover. We will also be wrapping up with finals recap nba finals recap looking into game six which is tonight as we are filming uh thursday june 13th so pretty good episode coming up um we'll start off with jj morano um he was on the show we did an interview with him he had his pro debut coming up um he had it on saturday he won in four rounds tko and so that's huge for JJ coming off of uh, um, an amateur career and then taking his first fight, his pro debut in front of his uh, home crowd in, in Reno Sparks Convention Center. He got that TKO in the fourth round. I was unable to watch the uh, the fight, but Tyler was able to watch the fight. Tyler, how, how did uh, JJ fight in overall in the entire, uh, the entire fight? It was good. Um... I was telling you earlier, I think without the TKO, he still would have won the fight if it went to a decision, in my opinion. Um, he definitely came out strong the first round, landed a lot of solid punches, um, definitely probably won the first round. The opponent probably did win the second round. Um, JJ might have come out a little complacent in that round. Uh, third round, JJ did get the knockdown, uh, which was really big for the scorecard if it did go to a decision. And then you mentioned in that fourth round, that TKO, 45 seconds in. Um, just one other thing I noticed too was like the energy, you know, JJ fighting in his hometown. You could watching at home, I could feel the energy every time he'd land a solid uh, hook or a solid uppercut. Um, and then that knockdown, I think I heard that place was the loudest I've heard it all night. So definitely had the momentum on his side um, and definitely came out swinging, won that fight. Uh, in my opinion, he should have won the fight. Well, that that's that was one of the things that JJ was talking about in the interview was that's why he wanted to fight in front of Reno and in front of the crowd was to have that home that home atmosphere, that home crowd behind him, and that's what he definitely had uh, in his fight Saturday. So congrats to JJ. Um, we're wishing him the best. Hopefully we can have him on the show again. And, uh, you know, stay tuned to see that he can, you know, he'll be fighting some more fights and uh, he'll be looking his way uh, to move up in the ranking. Like he said, he's trying to become a world champion. So uh, this was the first step towards that. So we wish him all the best and congratulations to JJ. And then we're going to go into some baseball updates. Um, we have some Wolfpack players that were drafted in the 2019 MLB draft. Three Wolfpack players to be precise. We got Grant Ford, Ryan Anderson, and Jalen McLaughlin. Uh, Grant Ford was the first player out of the three to be picked. Fifth round, pretty impressive. 154th overall by the Pittsburgh Pirates. So you hate to hate to see him go to the Pirates, but you do like to see him stay or to go in the NL Central. It's pretty cool to watch him, you know, playing against the Cubbies a little bit. It'll be nice to see you, see him play. But it is the highest selection since Shipley, Aces uh, Aces pitcher uh, Bra Bradley Shipley, in 2013. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, good for Grant Ford. And then we also have Ryan Anderson, 
He was drafted a little bit later, 12th round, 375th pick by the Yankees over there in the AL. And uh, he has spoken, I believe, to Nevada. Sportsnet said he'll be heading out to training camp soon. Third, last but not least, Tyler, Jalen McLaughlin was drafted by probably the best team in the MLB, um, unbiasedly speaking, by the Chicago Cubs, 37th round, 1,122nd pick by the Chicago Cubs. But, um, Tyler, we're, we're we're hearing that he's returning to the pack and will make the baseball team even stronger next year, yeah? Yeah, definitely. He tweeted out uh, sometime last week that he was going to be returning um, to kind of help the team and see where we can go this year. So definitely a great pickup. Uh, like we mentioned a couple podcasts ago, he's the leading hitter this year, definitely had a breakout season. Um, so it's going to be a big return for our offense that just keeps getting stronger, I feel like, at this point. Yeah, I think our offense is going to be that one that one um, strong, strong thing from this year that's going to only get stronger going into next year with our younger players. And uh, that's great that McLaughlin's back, going to be helping out the uh, lineup. We have, I mean, we do lose two of our really good key pitchers, but um, Owen Schartz is going to be con- coming back. He's going to, he has a bright future, as we've talked about on the show. Young kid, freshman last year, who's going to be coming back. Um, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Chris Murray, gave out end of the season grades. And last year, I believe baseball got an A minus, if not a B plus, for their performance last year. Chris Murray downgraded them a little bit to a C plus for this season overall. Um, kind of talked about, you know, we had high aspirations, as we've talked about in the past, but those aspirations did not pan out. He says there is a lot of hope next year, though, like we have been saying, because our offense, there's so many pieces returning. We have a lot of uh, we have solid pitching returning, plus with some recruits that TJ will be able to bring in. I think overall TJ has a bright future uh, coaching this team, and we'll see we'll see where they go ultimately. And then we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna take a quick little break, and then we're gonna talk about some basketball news because there has been some breaking news that we will cover right after the break. back just like that magic magic and we're gonna we're gonna go into some basketball news here so jordan brown a moment of silence for him because while he is still playing thank god not in a nevada uniform rest in peace um yeah he's going to university of arizona he's gonna be a wildcat and uh, it's kind of surprising actually in my eyes in tyler's eyes and Chris Murray's eyes, we kind of all had the assumptions that Jordan Brown would be returning. Um, but the, like we said, those were just guesses, and he is not. Um, why is this such a huge risk for JB? And, um, yeah, what does this mean for his future? Uh, it's a risk for him just because of Arizona and um, they've been what they've been around, some of the FBI um, you know, investigations and stuff right. going around the school. Uh, definitely a big thing if there's going to be sanctions laid down in Arizona. Um, and also, it's another big risk for him just because of the year he has to sit out. Like we've talked about before, and a lot of people have kind of talked about, it's a sitting out a year. If you're trying to go to the NBA pretty quickly, it's a 
it's a big risk you have to take. And even then in 2021, who knows what his minutes are going to be. Um, there could be another great um, freshman coming in to Arizona this year that could just have an amazing season. And then that would kind of put Jordan Brown on the, you know, more backs of the bench or definitely have restricting minutes. But um, definitely a couple big risks for Jordan Brown. But if he felt like it was the best decision for him, we wish him the best, obviously, in his endeavors at Arizona. We do wish him the best, and I think that he does have a very bright future. But as someone that's, he's been on the record to say that he's, his number one goal was to be a one and done. That was straight out of high school at him as a McDonald's All-American. That obviously did not happen with him averaging like five minutes a game or something like that at uh, Nevada. So, but this even puts it on the back burner even more because he's going to have to sit out this year. And then, like you said, the minutes aren't guaranteed for JB in 2020 and 2021. So it's just very interesting to see him go to um, a program like that to where there's not a guaranteed uh, strong, there's not a guaranteed strong place of minutes where Nevada, he would have obviously came in this year, averaged probably 30 minutes a game and uh, would have led our front court. So definitely interesting news. We do wish him the best, and now Alfred has to switch his views. No longer can he focus on trying to retain JB and um, save our front court that way. Now he has to build. Yeah, and definitely. Building, building's what he's done so far, um, or at least tried to do. Muhammadu came into, came on campus, committed to Setson, um, and now we have other visits coming in. But like I said. I've, I, this is my saying that I like to do. Wolfpack got 99 problems, and they're all front court problems. And um, I think we've talked about before that we have probably one of the best back courts in the Mountain West, but our front court is lacking. What does Alfred and the squad need to do? I mean, whether it's grad transfers, class of 2019, we need, we need some help some way. I just think we need immediate players that can play right away, you know. Some of those a grad transfer would be amazing to get, you know, that right away player. But, you know, some other transfers maybe that have to sit out a year uh, probably wouldn't be the best thing right now. Um, even maybe some younger guys that he can pull up. We've been talking and we've seen around um, Pack Hoops and that community that there's been some, you know, interesting talent that has uh, taken visits and um, visited the campus, uh, you know, this past couple months. And for Alfred, I think it's just getting players that can play right away and that he likes that can fit his system. And, you know, just trying to go from there and um, try to build the team the best as he can. Like you said, our backcourt um, is very, very good. You know, very we talented. got a lot of players that could really play and have proven themselves that they could play. So definitely that front court's going to be an issue. But I think that Alfred, um, knowing this, you know, he's going to definitely step up his game in recruiting and trying to get some grad transfers. Immediate impact is... I definitely the number one thing that Steve Alford and company has to look at. He needs someone that can come in right away and work with Zane Meeks, work with KJ Himes, and really uh, shoulder the load. Because while those, I think those two have a, have a great bright future here in Nevada, I don't think that they are immediate front court helpers. If that makes sense, they aren't immediately going to be able to step into that four or five role and really shoulder that load and produ produce at a very, very high level. I think um, I think Alfred needs someone a little bit little bit more skilled and a little bit better at taking the, um, the load of scoring. I think 
Dwara, uh, Dwara Muhammadu Dwara, who, like we said, committed to Setson, who who came on campus. I think he would have been a great addition to the front court. I think someone that would have been someone that could have played twenty plus minutes on the court, um, along with Sorola, who was a Valpo grad transfer. He committed to Cincy, so. That would have been obviously, I mean, a grad transfer. He would have been fifth year eligibility. He would have been able to, sh- uh, he would have been able to shoulder a, a really, really heavy load. But we got to move on, and we got to look towards the future. We got Josephat Balu, who visited on June tenth, six ten, two hundred thirty five pound, um, power forward, center, seven three wingspan. He is a three star recruit. Uh, by rivals and he is sought after by kansas pitt wake forest west virginia tennessee georgetown georgia's tech along with like seven other schools that i didn't really bother writing down and he currently has the list down to tennessee pitt nevada wake forest and west virginia um obviously i don't know those other schools roster and where he can immediately play but Nevada's a no-brainer. He'll be able to play instantly um, coming as in as a freshman. He could get decent minutes coming in, and he's a sought-after talent. What would uh, Josephat do to this front court that is desperately needing some help right now? I mean, he's going to give us a big boost right off the um, – right off probably the first tip. You know, 6'5", 235. He's a big, big boy with a 7'3 wingspan. You know, that to me is a lot of rebounding potential, a lot of box outs, a lot of offensive rebounds um, that he could definitely um, contribute to the team. Something that we really need is height right now, and he will contribute greatly to that. Um, But, yeah, you look at the schools that, like you mentioned, Tennessee, Pitt, um, us, Wake Forest, and Virginia is what he's down to. There's some big names in there. Tennessee made a deep run in the tournament last year and were a number one um, ranked team for many, many weeks. Um, and just a couple of those other teams, you know. So um, definitely I think this is going to be a, a good pull if we can definitely get him. Um, yeah. And, yeah, just he will at least play like 25 minutes a game. Right. Um, depending, obviously, on the other what other um, recruits come in. But, yeah, if we can land Joseph Ott, it'd be huge for Alfred and then just to kind of calm the nerves of some of the Pack fans. Yeah, that would give us great depth in the front court. Um, he he removed Kansas off his list, which would be which is pretty interesting. Maybe because he is looking for immediate playing time, coming in as a freshman, and Nevada certainly would be a great place to do it, folks. Um, some other recruits to be looking out for, according to Chris Murray and other um, Twitter talking heads, have been pointing out. We got Loke War. Sorry if I butcher that name. He's a six nine wing player. So kind of smaller than what we were envisioning, but I mean, still, I mean, four. He's a three-four player. Um, he was offered on June eighth. He was originally going to be a JC player, junior college, but he reopened his recruitment. Now has offers from a lot of other different places: uh, Rutgers, Texas A&M, Washington State, Omaha, Eastern Michigan, St. Louis, Northern Colorado, just to name a few. This guy's highly sought after just because, just from just putting his name out there uh, about you know, a couple weeks ago. He's he was an absolute beast, averaged twenty points, ten rebounds a game. And then we got Brian Washington as well, who is another guy on the PAX radar. I relate this guy or compare this guy to a uh, perfect mirror image to Jordan Caroline. Six six, two hundred pounds. He averaged sixteen points, fourteen rebounds and five blocks per game. Yeah, you got both of those guys 
averaging double doubles. Yeah. I mean, that's very impressive. And you have Luke War that's averaging 2.5 blocks a game too. And Washington that's averaging five blocks a game. Right. So definitely um, defensive presence, that's going to be huge, you know, just with the blocks alone and um, kind of what we were hoping to have this year with uh, Trey Porter and JB, you know, having that big man in the middle that could kind of deny people of that driving lane, make them shoot the ball um, from deep. And But, yeah, definitely two big players uh, that would be awesome to have on our team. Just averaging double-doubles is something that's very impressive and, you know, not a lot of people can do. Right, and the pack need, the pack need length. The pack need height. And that's what, I mean, 2.5 blocks a game, 5 blocks a game, that's what they're going to be able to give us. Um, so, yeah, Brian Washington, 6'6", six, six, wing player. Luke, we're 6'9", six, 6'10", six, wing player. So we got we got some recruits to be looking out for, ladies and gentlemen. Alfred and company are not done. And uh, watch and look out for our roster to be growing um, here soon in a little bit. But we're going to keep on the same track, UNR basketball. Um, their bat, their conference schedule came out, and it's a little bit interesting to say the least. Not the best I think Pack fans were hoping for, but um, yeah, start off with the brutal two games against San, uh, San Jose State, two games against Wyoming. I mean, those are the two games that you do not want to play. They're the worst teams in the conference, and we have to play them both twice. Uh, yes, there are two guaranteed wins, but does this help our basketball team at all? No. You know, kind of looking back to last year after, you know, we've always talked about scheduling and for a mid-major, it's so, always so important. And then you got two games against probably a, two bottom-tier teams in the Mountain West, uh, which isn't known for having, you know, a bunch of automatic bids and um, more than or more than one bid for that matter. So definitely that's not the best um, look for us. And then another big thing um, that I just want to point out, the Utah State game, it's one game, and it's at Utah State, yep. and that's a big disappointment. You know, we'd love to have them here, and I'm sure that game, um, everyone remembers what happens la- or what happened last year at Utah State. Um, we're not going to go into that too much, but, yeah, definitely everyone knows what happened, and I'm sure Lawler was probably looking forward to having them here yeah. uh, just to get loud, get rocking. And then also uh, just one game against Fresno State. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of switching the – you know, we're playing two games against probably less um, competition, and then we have two game or one game apiece with two very good basketball teams that showed themselves last year. You'd hope to get one more game at least against a Utah State or a Fresno State. I mean, you want you want your teams playing a little bit better uh, competition, and that's something that we might not be playing this year with our conference schedule. We got two UNLV games, of course, but why do they keep doing this to us, Pack fans? Why, year after year, does the Mountain West keep doing this to us? This is an atrocity. I'm pissed. It's terrible. Two Wednesday games? Like, I'm pissed. Are you kidding? Like, I granted the rivalry in competition has gone down in recent years, but it's still but arguably on. the best rivalry in the Mountain West. Like, I am disgusted. You would hope for ticket sales and both Wednesday universities games. that they'd put it at least on a Friday or a you know a Saturday. Oh, um, two Wednesday games, folks against UNLV. You hate to see it. The little brothers down south, Wednesday games. Oh, but either way, it's two Wednesday wins, as I would like to point out. Well, we'll have to go down south. One of those games, slap the little brother around, make sure he knows his place. 
in the Mountain West, which is towards the bottom, of course. And then the good news is, though, we don't have a brutal stretch of games. We really, we really do not. Um, we have, the obviously, that game against Utah State, so you look around there and see who we're playing. Well, the game before, ladies and gentlemen, is San Jose State. And the game after is Wyoming. So um, I think we're good against around that game. We don't have too much competition before or after. But then you look after, you got that San Diego State at San Diego State. In San Diego, the pack has undoubtedly struggled. So that's going to be interesting. And then you have at home against UNLV, at home against New Mexico. That's the only one that I was um, really looking at to be too difficult. We don't have too difficult of a stretch of road games either. So overall, the this, this schedule could be worse, but it definitely could be better. What games are you most excited about and why? You know, obviously, uh, the Utah State game is going to be a big one, January 11th. The um, UNLV at home is always fun. We always pull out some cool uniforms, and then, like you said, we beat around our little brother, especially at home, getting, you know, Pac Nation pretty hyped up for that. Another interesting couple of games is uh, the at New Mexico uh, game on February 19th. Boy, I can't wait for that one. That's going to be a good one, you know. Um, you know, just kind of having New Mexico – play us really tough in the games we played in these past couple of years um it's been you know something to look out for and it's always been a good test to see kind of where the team is going right. into march and there's some something magical about the pit you know we don't we don't play there every year we play there every other year but there's something magical about the pit and alfred and company going back to the pit February 19th. It is also on a Wednesday, but that, that game is going to be special. It's going to be exciting. Um, we Yeah, we've always struggled against New Mexico in the pit, it, besides that one comeback year led by the GOAT, Charlie Tooley. But it will be interesting to see um, Alfred and company back, how they're going to be treated. They're going to be met with boos, cheers. Um, it will be interesting to see. I think they'll be met with cheers because everything he's done over there. But wrapping up today's uh, episode we're going to be talking about some nba news i know it's everywhere right now so pack center got to be talking about it as well and uh raptors are up 3-2 going into game six which is tonight um last game in oracle ever 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 in oracle they are getting a new um 1.4 billion dollar arena in san fran so oakland's kind of missing out i mean raiders going to vegas warriors are going to san fran i know it's just right across the bay but you know, Oakland fans are pissed right now. But, um, yeah, Raptors up 3-2. I still think it's the Raptors series to lose. Um, but with this game in Oracle, Warriors steal this one. I mean, it's a game seven back in Toronto. I mean, what do you what do you have with the finals, and uh, who do you think is going to win? Um, I mean, before, the, before game five, I was saying Raptors all the way, but I also made a disclaimer to a lot of people that you know, if the Warriors can win game five, they go back to Oracle for the last game ever, which is obviously going to be huge. It's going to be an amazing crowd. Um, and then if they win that, which is very likely, you know, they go back to Toronto where they've already won a game. They already have confidence there. And, you know, anything could happen. So right now, um, if I'm a Warrior fan, I'm looking up and I'm being hopeful. But again, I, the Raptors are going to be tough to beat twice in Toronto. And um, if it comes down to that, if they the Warriors do win tonight uh they're gonna be tough to beat twice in Toronto and you know KD going down again unfortunately in game five was a big blow for them and you know now we get to see 
what the Warriors are going to come up with and how they're going to deal with that. Not only is it two games in Toronto, it is three games in a row. We've seen how difficult that is to do. It has been done, but I don't know if the Warriors are the team to do it, especially playing against that cyborg across the court in Kawhi Leonard, who has arguably been the best player on the planet in these playoffs. Um, KD wasn't injured. That'd probably be a different story. But, um, yeah, I think I think the Raptors, like you said, I think that, that game five was huge. And uh, game six, I think they'll take it in Oracle, and then it goes down to game seven. I just think the Raptors will be able to take it in the game seven. But this is going to be a hell of a series, and I can't wait to watch the end of it. Thanks for sticking around, Pack fans. Really means a lot. We will be doing some more episodes throughout the summer. We'll be getting some interviews down. But thanks for sticking with us through this slow period. And uh, keep on trucking, Pack fans.